I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this. I can't do this tonight. I've been gone, I don't know, a week, week and a half, two weeks now. I've had a really severe uh, pneumonia, aspiration pneumonia, from a freak accident. A freak accident that happened to me. I'm just, man, I'm feeling really bad right now. I don't know if I can do this opening in the way you expect it to be done. I might just start talking here about the things I have to go over this week. I feel really bad about it, but here I am. Wait, I got an idea. Maybe, maybe I have a magic elixir. Maybe I need some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. I can feel it coursing through my veins. I'm going to be a fruity bastard. What is this? It's Fruit Loops, the drink. Oh, I'm sorry. It's hard to see in here, isn't it? How about this? Is that better? There you go. Now I can't see. Oh, Lordy. It's like Ensure. Instead of it being for an old person, it's for a crazy bastard. I can feel it. I can feel it! Ah, damn it! Three hundred and sixty degrees around the earth. You're listening or you're watching Midnight Radio from Southern Australia all the way to Northern Ireland and into the earbuds in your ears. My name is Gerald Schmemans. And you're listening to Fruit Loop Friday as a special flavor in my mouth as we go through the not only the crazy stories that have come up in this week, we're going to go we're going to start off with Idaho. We have a guest coming on to talk about wild ass speculations and wild ass theories and I'm going to let you know why this is only for members only. Right now. All right. So I've the streaming out to members only I have a very good reason for that. Because any time I do a live about true crime, it's demonetized by YouTube. So there's no motivation for me to send this out to everybody. There's no need to do that. The way my channel grows, according to YouTube, is just putting a little bitty video and throwing it out there. So you guys are going to get the full experience if you're members. If you're not, you're not. You're just going to get videos about true crime, which is what you want anyway. If you're not a member if you're not a fruit loop you don't want to be here anyway so i'm giving you what you want there is zero incentive for this to be anything other than a private party so that's the way we'll do it from now on all right i have some new some really new 
Idaho for information. We're going to go over that first. All right, here we go. There's some that wasn't new that was going around, but we're going to go over the new stuff first. Right here. Um, all right. This is about Dylan Mortson. Idaho murder victims roommate Dylan Mortson. This is Dylan Mortson, not Bethany Funk. Bethany Funk, if you remember, that was the Naked Man theory. Dylan Mortson is the one who described Kohlberger by his eyebrows. And here's the news we got about her this week. So she is isolating herself, but healing by gaming online with a group of friends. As her father says, he is deeply heartbroken by her brutal cyber bullies. We'll be getting into that. A surviving roommate of the Idaho 4 murder, murder victims, Dylan Mortson, is reportedly isolating herself after experiencing brutal dogpiling on social media since the quadruple homicide in November. New details have emerged about the well-being of the 21-year-old roommate who was in the house on the night of the brutal massacre and told police she witnessed a man walk past her bedroom after he had killed her friends. Author and private investigator J. Ruben Appleman is the only reporter to speak with the father of Mortson, one of only two survivors from the university murder house. In the beginning weeks after these homicides, she was basically dogpiled on social media. He said in an interview with Ashley Banfield to discuss his new book. Oh, no shit, he has a new book. I cannot believe it. Oh, this is about you guys. Vile web sleuths have accused Mortson of being involved with the crimes, while others called her a drug dealer, among other names he added. He's an opportunist. How about I call him that? This was part of the trauma that she experienced, he said. Dylan herself has retreated from the public eye. Very few people have seen her. Morse's father expressed heartache over his daughter's suffering from brutal cyber bullies after the trauma she experienced from surviving the November massacre. But Morse's father told Applebum, did I call him Applebum? Let's call him Applebum, that his daughter is in the process of healing despite being hounded by bullies. She's in trauma therapy of sorts. She's getting help from the spiritual community, he said to Banfield. Isolating herself, but she is stepping out a little at a time. She is gaming online with peers in a group gaming session. She's doing what she can without going into public. Morrison and Bethany Funk, also 19, both survived the November 13th bloodbath, but lost three of their roommates, Kaylee Gonsalves, Maddie Mogan, and Zena Carnodal in the vicious attack, and Ethan Chapin. Brian Kohlberger, 28-year-old PhD student, is the one they're blaming. There's Applebaum right there. And again, he is pimping his book out. Let's see behind him what we have. Oh, man, look at this. He should have took my writing class, learned how to use a whiteboard. What do we got behind you? Hmm, maybe that is his book. What's his first name? Brent Applebaum. True crime author and investigator. 
author while Idaho slept and the killing jar. Hmm. And maybe the killing jar. Man, he's a goofy looking bastard. Next, and he's executive producer of Children of the Snow. And basically him talking to Ashley was just for his book. Initial details from an affidavit released in January said that Morrison opened up her door to find a man clad in black clothing and a mask with bushy eyebrows. And the affidavit police described how Morrison froze in fear early on November 13th after spotting a killer. Having opened her bedroom door after hearing noises in the six-bedroom rental home, the witnesses described as standing in a frozen shock phase as a man walked towards the house back door before she locked herself in her room. She had opened the door twice before. Once after hearing Kaylee say something was, someone was in the house. Again, after the sound of crying came from Zena's bedroom, the teen told police she had locked herself in the second floor bedroom after the encounter with the killer. Was wearing a ski mask at the time, but didn't dial 911. Police weren't called to the scene until 11.58 a.m., seven and a half hours after the students died. They didn't show up till later. Funk is believed to have slept through the attack in her ground floor bedroom. According to David Morrison said she was awoken at around 4 a.m. by what sounded like Gonsalves playing with her dog in the third floor bedroom. Short time later, she heard Gonsalves say, there's someone here. The haunting affidavit reveals Mortson looked out of her bedroom door but didn't see anything. Uh, a lot of the pro- problem people are having is, how could you be in a frozen shock phase because you were afraid, go into your room and not investigate or call the police or anything until seven hours later? People just don't understand. All right, I don't want to read this again because I'm about sick of reading her statement. She opened the door three times. The third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose with, and uh, saw him walking toward her. Family of victim Kaylee Gonsalves have defended Mortson's actions. Attorney Shannon Gray, who's representing the Gonsalves family, said Mortson was likely scared to death when she encountered the man and insisted that she was still a victim in the case, but she didn't call police till about eight hours later. Nobody understands. In his interview, Applebottom also described a meeting with a childhood friend of Koberger who said the alleged murderer was mercilessly and relentlessly bullied in high school to the point that he had to listen to screamo music through earbuds to block out the taunting. What? Not what I heard. The friend reportedly rode the bus with him to school every day. Even though... Brian's mother worked at the school. But okay, whatever you say, Apple Bottom. Apple Bottom! I bet you're the kind of guy that drinks kombucha tea! She said that the administrators of the school did nothing about bullying at the time, Kohlberger, would walk around the halls listening to screamo music and at times hip hop. Apple Bottom, who's a 25 year old Ohio resident, was the first reporter 
Mortz's father agreed to speak with. He lives just a couple miles from Mortz's residence, which he said may have given him an inn. When I went to speak to the father, you know, I was able to just walk up to his house. Many national news correspondents had tried the same thing, Applebottom told Banfield. They hadn't gotten very far. He's a rather large, intimidating man, I know. If that's part of the reason why national correspondents couldn't sort of break that walk, that wall and talk to him. Listen here, Peckerwood, Applebottom. It's not a grand prize being able to talk to the man. You're talking to the man whose daughter was involved in something horrible like that. Just who the fuck do you think you are? Seriously. Talking like you. Oh, I, you're just a jackass. This guy's a jackass. I had Idaho plates in my car. Maybe that has something to do with it. I've lived here for 25 years almost. I lived just a couple miles uh, from Dylan Mortson, actually, and a couple miles. Oh, brag, just let her. You know, I bet I could find out where you live because you got this book coming out. And as an author, I know how you have to register and file your taxes myself. So I bet your LLC you did that with has your real address and you just doxed yourself. And Dylan Mortson, you apple bottom jackass. Oh, Lordy. It's sad whether you think that she really should have called before eight hours, seven, you know, seven hours. Or if you believe she was involved, which, you know, I haven't seen any evidence of. All right. Now, this is something I would call a non-story, but I want to know what you think about it. To me, it's a non-story, and they're just digging for something because we found out this months ago. Brand new for you this morning, newly released court documents are revealing that police in the Moscow murders case are asking for more information from several big tech companies. The new search warrants were obtained over the summer and are asking for the suspect in this case, Brian Koberger's customer information on Amazon, Apple and PayPal. Prosecutors previously asked Amazon for information related to knife-related searches in December of last year. We at Krim first told you about this warrant back in March. In the new warrants, prosecutors asked Amazon for a wider search history that includes items that he might have looked at but did not purchase. Documents show police are asking for that customer information both during the month of the murders but also in the months before Koberger even moved to Washington State. Koberger was originally scheduled to go to trial next Tuesday, but that has been pushed back indefinitely. You can find more on this story on our website right now. So they expanded it. Did they ever find out, and I do not remember, did they ever find out um, where he got the knife from? Did they find out if he, he actually purchased it, purchased it from Amazon? I remember them looking, and they were looking for that specifically and i remember it rumored but i don't remember if it was 100 percent verified or not all righty moving on all right i'm gonna go ahead to the weird stuff i have we're gonna go over that and if cindy gets here before i'm done then we'll go ahead and talk about the wild ass speculations so they never released that that info we just officially that they found it only that they looked okay that seems about right all right patient left blind after roommate ripped out his eyes 
at Brownward Psychiatric Hospital. Did you guys hear about this? You're going to hear about it right now. His roommate ripped out his eyes, and you didn't know about it. This happened in Florida. I got a lot of things from Florida today. A patient at a psychiatric hospital in South Florida brutally beat up a roommate for about seven minutes and ripped the man's eyes out of his sockets, leaving him permanently blind. The victim is permanently blind to his injuries, said the police spokeswoman. At around 4.45 Friday, Pembroke Pines officers responded to South Florida State Hospital, 800 East Cypress Drive, following a 911 call about an altercation between two patients. Authorities said in the suspect's arrest report, police noticed they weren't notified until about an hour after the attack. Well, at least it wasn't seven. Attack began at 347, and the hospital staff has started to clean the crime scene when the facility's chief of staff told them to stop. Hmm. A review of the 350-bed state hospital security footage revealed the suspect and his bunkmate, who are both adults, court-ordered to be at the facility, were involved in an argument over a towel hanging on the door that turned physical. The Herald is not identifying the suspect because of the sensitive nature of the incident. The suspect punched the victim in the face, then dragged him onto the ground. Once on the ground, the suspect continued to punch him, the victim, and eventually the suspect pulled both of the victim's eyes out of each socket's. Police had another patient walk by, saw what was going on, and alerted hospital staff. Approximately seven minutes into the attack, officers added in the arrest report that the nurses at the psychiatric hospital put the man's eyes on ice. Paramedics arrived at the mental facility at 4.3 p.m. and took the victim and his eyes to Memorial Regional Hospital in Hollywood, where he remained hospital in the hospital as of Monday afternoon. It was determined by the hospital that the victim has permanent loss of sight in both eyes and the eyes provided could not be reattached. The suspect was taken on a charge of aggravated battery to jail where he remained. Well, isn't that something? The brutal attack Friday wasn't the first one between patients in recent years. A little over a year ago, September 13th, one of the victims of the facility's patients violently punched and stomped his bunkmate, who was found by a staff member covered in blood during a routine morning check. The victim died three days following the attack. This sounds like a state mental hospital, if I may be so bold. And he suffered from a brain bleed, lung swelling, lacerated liver and spleen, and eye fracture and sinus wall hemorrhage. Those are, those are a real bitch. In June, the suspect's murder case was transferred from Brownwood's Court's Criminal Division's Mental Health Division because he was deemed incompetent to proceed. Wasn't that special? There's also some special things happening in Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma woman riding a lawnmower at airport dies after plane wing strikes her. I've been praying that this isn't Dealey Pickles, but I haven't seen her in a while. I'm starting to get a little bit worried. A woman was killed when the wing of a small airplane struck her. She was using a riding lawnmower last week in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma Highway Patrol reported this. Samantha Hayes, 27, was mowing grass at Broken 
Bo Airport on the afternoon of the September 27th when she was struck by the plane. The pilot, James Baxter, told authorities that his plane had touched down on the runway when he saw Hayes. Baxter, 70, that's the pilot, said that he tried to pull up and fly over Hayes, but the plane's wing ended up hitting her in the head. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene while authorities did not share further details of the victim. Tributes posted by her friends on Facebook reveal that Hayes was a single mother of three children. Age is unknown. There's an ongoing investigation. The Federal Aviation Administration and the FBI are conducting a joint investigation into the incident. No charges have been filed at the moment. Broken Bow Airport is looking for a new grounds maintenance personnel. So if you're looking for a job. Also in Oklahoma, a 13-foot-long python survives five months eating cats in Oklahoma trailer park. I saw a, a news report after this, that the people that own the trailer park were trying to silence the people who lived in the trailer park, you know, from talking about this Python. Good luck on that. An expert hired to get rid of a snake slithering around a set. Woo. That's the help. An expert hired to get rid of a snake slithering around a South Oklahoma City Mobile Home Park found a python that was 13 feet long and been living in the neighborhood for around five months. We're talking that this thing has been eating possums, foot-long rats, and kites, said Trevor Bounds of Red Barrel Wildlife Control. The mouth of that thing is the size of your foot, man, and when it opens up, you're going to be able to fit something pretty large in there. Staff at the Mobile Home Park had told residents to be on the lookout throughout the week. The alert sent out said that they would be taking care of it soon. Experts say that more than likely the snake was a pet that either got loose or the owner let it out. The constriction is what can be the dangerous part. You can't have small children or pets going near this thing. That is why this should be tackled a whole lot sooner. Things could have gotten a whole lot worse. Redbeard Wildlife Control was hired and started to check out the snake last week. Bounce said they'd have been around that area since June and had survived since then. Holy moly. It's right next to an elementary school. And a large portion of that land doesn't have a gate protecting the kids from the potential of a giant python. And if it got hungry enough, it would definitely go over there. As soon as that thing makes a move, the camera alerts my phone, and then I'm able to get out there and take care of this thing, said Bounds. The park staff told me to do whatever I can to take care of this problem. They said they were very adamant about getting this python out. Let's read some of the comments. Manual says, good way of taking care of feral cats as well. Constrictors are opportunistic hunters. They wait for their prey to get near, then constrict to eat it. I'm sure it's possible, but they usually don't just constrict to do it and leave their victims. So I don't understand these carcasses of large animals in the area where the snake is said to have made its home. Cats are a curious creature. Curiosity killed the cat isn't a phrase for nothing. All right. So we've been covering stories of... Teachers being drunk at school. Got another one. 
Holy crap. This happened on the 3rd. Today's 5th, so this is new. Yuba City woman was arrested Monday morning on suspicion of driving under the influence after a call reported she was teaching her second grade students at Northern California Elementary School while allegedly intoxicated. She said she had a blood alcohol level more than two times the legal limit. That's what the deputy said. Deputies went in about 8.20 a.m. A.M. That early in the morning. In Live Oak to speak with a 57-year-old educator. While she taught a news release, states and added deputies also arrested the teacher on suspicion of child endangerment after viewing video footage of her driving to school. Oh, my. The woman was booked on suspicion of driving with a blood alcohol level of more than 0.08. Driving under the influence of alcohol or drugs and child abuse, that could lead to great bodily injury injury or death Val Dillon principal and the superintendent said a letter Monday to parents where he thanked employees for reporting their concerns to the ministry of staff and to the sheriff's deputies he added that he is limited to you know what fuck this you know what I'm sick of a bunch of um, bullshit political bullshit and I know there's a lot of shootings in schools and that's freaking horrible but there didn't always there haven't always been that but what there has been for a long time in many of our schools from California all the way through Oklahoma, um, every school in Vegas is metal detectors. You'd have to go through metal detectors to make sure you didn't bring a gun or a knife to school. Now, I want to see every teacher have a breathalyzer before they can drive to school in the morning. Just a thought. Somebody make that happen. All right. Can we have that, please? It's for the safety of the children. Talking about children. Talking about children. So, there was a girl that was kidnapped. She's about nine years old, and she was camping with her family. Have you guys heard about this? You guys heard about this? Uh, she was taken off her bike at Moreau Lake State Park over the weekend. And the guy's name that did it is Craig Ross. And I got a lot of news on this, so I'm going to go over it. He had only reported, it's only been reported that he was uh, pled guilty to drunken driving charges once. And that was in 1999. That forced him to fingerprints. And fingerprints led to his arrest because he had fingerprints on him. A ransom note. So um, the parents stayed out there at the camping place that their daughter went missing because the police told them to do that. And their house was being watched. And he stuffed a ransom note into the victim's parents' mailbox. And state troopers were standing guard. They saw him do it. They took the prints. Boom, they got their man. I don't care his whole history of nothing much. A longtime neighbor of Ross's mother's house said the suspect's mom was a mean drunk who never let him in her home. A double wide trailer in Milton, New York. He asked, only be identified as Michael. Um, There's the child. Her name was Charlotte Cena. 
She opened the door only to hand him a Band-Aid and sent him packing. They went to Michael's mom to clean him up and put it on, he said. Ross's mother did not immediately respond to calls or messages seeking comment, I'm sure. Um, man, this is boring as hell. Who wrote this? You suck ass. You should be ashamed of your damn self. I've got more information about this, I'll tell you, without this horrible writing. All right, so here we go. His son showed up to the scene. Um, he had to get something and they asked him about his father and he's like, he said his father deserves a death penalty as far as he's, he's concerned for this sick shit that he pulled. And moreover than that, they got him to talk a little bit. And he said, the reason why he did it is that he heard that the grandfather, Charlotte's grandfather was filthy rich and died and gave money to the, her family. And the family had that money and he wanted to hold her ransom to get some money. So there's a story there. They do have her. They have found her. And for some reason, I'm not sure why they have a GoFundMe campaign. And let's look at it right now. So they've raised $54,000. And um, I'm, I'm not sure why. Hmm. Now that Charlotte is home, the real work will begin. There are and will be a lot of ongoing expenses and appointments that will require the family to be out of work. Thank you for your kindness and generosity. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. They're asking everybody to share this welcome home Charlotte instead of sharing her face and her full name. Collin County mom gets 75 years in prison for sadistic torture of another woman. Apparently women do bad things like this too. Say a trial date has yet to be set. County Let me restart this for you. A Collin County mother was sentenced to 75 years in prison for holding a woman hostage and torturing her. Alicia Calderon was sentenced last week for two years. She tortured a young woman who was living in her home, pouring boiling water on her skin, locking her in a dog cage. Prosecutors say Calderon and her husband also took advantage of an elderly woman, stealing her inheritance and stealing and cashing her Social Security checks. Russell Davidson Tenry spoke to the parents of victims of Calderon's torture and joins us live. David? Yeah, the now 27-year-old daughter's parents say they thought their adult daughter just drifted apart from them. They say they never suspected sadistic torture. Relieved. 27-year-old Simone Valdez-Junkin clings to her therapist with burn scars across her arms after testifying against oh. her abuser, 37-year-old Alicia Calderon. So she was friends with Alicia before any of this happened. In 2019, Valdez-Junkin thought she was moving into Calderon's trailer in Wiley to clean and care for Calderon's children and a disabled elderly woman in exchange for free rent. Valdez-Junkin's parents say communication drifted. I guess I just thought that she was just kind of living her life. For more than two years, however, Calderon controlled Valdez Junkin with unthinkable torture. She severely burned Valdez Junkin's arms, chest, and back by pouring a pot of boiling water on her. She deprived her of food, locked her in a dog crate, and cut off her communication to the outside world. It's heinous. 
You don't think that this kind of stuff can happen. On February 1st, 2022, Valdez Junkin got a hold of a phone and sent her stepfather a message saying she was locked in a room and needed help. It was the first time in two years Valdez Junkin had spoken with her parents. Her stepfather went to the trailer with deputies who had to remove stacked stones away from the door in order to free her. She was down to 68 pounds. Her head was shaved and she had second and third degree burns. I initially did not recognize her. All she wanted to do was just get away. It took me about a week and a half before I really could register that that was my daughter. I couldn't. She was just skin, literally skin hanging off of her bones. During Calderon's sentencing, prosecutors revealed she stole nearly $80,000 from the disabled elderly woman in her care, the money going toward tattoos, tire rims, and party rentals. Prosecutors say her husband, Joseph Calderon, was involved. He's charged with elderly exploitation and abuse. He's out on bond awaiting trial. Fox 4 tried to make contact with him at the trailer Tuesday. But we were asked to leave. There's no comment. Go away. It's private property. Thank you. Is this Joseph? I mean, they're just terrible people. One neighbor says he saw Valdez Junkin on occasion, but did not know the abuse she was suffering. Yeah, she would always be dirty. They wouldn't shower her or nothing. Like, she would always be dirty. I wasn't there for her. Valdez Junkin's parents say they never suspected the torture. Now, as Calderon begins a sentence of 75 years in prison, they say their daughter is determined to make the most of her life. Simone is absolutely determined to overcome all of this. Joseph Calderon is expected back in court on October 27th. However, court date, or should I say a trial date, has yet to be set. Heather, Steve, back to y'all. All right, David Centenary live tonight. Thanks, David. Oh, my. All right, I think he said everything there was to be said on that. See if we miss anything. No, this is the same story, and I knew that. So she was 24 years old, the victim. Her arms are so badly damaged. She would lock the young woman in the room with the elderly woman, whose health was declining severely. The victim soon lost half of her body weight and could no longer take care of the elderly woman. When Calderon caught the victim sneaking food from the house in January 2021. The DA's office said she was locked inside a dog crate and had boiling water poured on her, burning her legs. Calderon also poured a pot of boiling water on the victim later that year during an argument, severely burning her arms, chest, and back. She also would not allow the victim to get medical treatment for the burns. A person living in the home allowed the victim to use his phone on February 1st. I wonder who that was. May have been one of the Calderon's kids. And she sent a Facebook message to her stepfather pleading for help because she was locked in a room. I'm kind of pissed off that I haven't heard about this story until now. This is an old story. It happened 2022 when it broke. Didn't break on mainstream media. When the deputies arrived, they had to remove stones that were stacked in front of the door so the victim could escape. When she emerged, she was down to 68 pounds. Her head was shaved and her body was covered in second and third degree burns. All right. 
this is like, holy shit. This only happens in Florida, right? Florida man took his eyes off the road and rear-ended another car on his way to buy milk. No kidding. This is a real news story. It came from Fox. A Florida man was arrested after he took his eyes off the road and crashed into another car on his way to buy milk. According to the Sumter County Sheriff's Office, the 36-year-old man also didn't have a valid driver's license at the time of the crash. Mm, side fares. Larry Patterson was arrested and charged with driving without a valid driver's license. He was also issued two traffic citations. Deputies responded to a crash at who cares where the hell it was. Uh, Patterson said he was driving westbound when he was reaching down to adjust his steering wheel and took his eyes off the road. That's when he crashed in the back of another car. Deputies crash investigation revealed Patterson didn't have a driver's license, but only an ID card. The report said Patterson said he knew he was driving without a valid license and said he was going to get milk for his stepdaughter who was sick. Because I know milk always makes me feel better. Patterson was arrested and transported to Sumter County Detention. He was released after posting a $500 bond. Well, holy shit. And he got over 1,500 comments. Let's see. My husband was rear-ended on the highway, but a guy who reached down to just the radio. It didn't make the news, and neither should this. Really? I would think incidents such as this probably occur hourly nationwide. I had two eggs, hash browns, and a piece of bacon this morning. Had a cup of coffee as well. I'm sure there are thousands or even much higher unlicensed drivers without insurance, no doubt, on the roads at any given time. Would love to see the results of a nationwide crackdown. <laughs> you guys are sick. Next. Holy shit, Sarasota County Deputy is also in Florida. Sarasota County Deputy arrested after leaving work hours earlier. He arrived, he arrived late. A former Sarasota, former because they fired his candy ass, sheriff office deputy was arrested after lying about working overtime. Officers say Preston Hines was placed on administrative leave since September 25th, following an investigation of a third-degree felony scheme to defraud. Hines had been paid $1,051 for working contracted overtime, but routinely arrived late and left early. Authorities say Hines worked 10 overtime details since April 23rd at various locations in the county. And he documented that he worked the contracted and required time frame. However, the investigation revealed that at times Hines arrived 15 to 20 minutes late and left several hours early. According to officers, Hines was employed with the sheriff's office from August 2020 to 2023. It was assigned to the agency's patrol bureau. The Sarasota Sheriff's Office says it holds employees to a high standard of conduct and behavior. The actions demonstrated by Mr. Heine do not reflect the vision of the agency or its values or integrity. Here's what people have to say about this story. The real story here is that he was caught at it in months instead of years getting away with it in the private sector is much more difficult it would be nice if the government were more concerned about how our money is spent at least as far as cutting down on fraud but that ship has sailed fry said this 
I forget what Fry says. The professor says this. Definitely what he did was wrong, but how does it compare to the big crimes committed by so-called influential people who seem to get away with just about anything? We have members in the Congress who get elected by lying to voters but continue to stay in the Congress. They think it will be all right if they are sorry. If you lied on the job application, you get fired, but these people are not ousted. Worse, many of the fellow congressmen, holy shit, let's make everything into a political conversation. What the hell, you sick, you sick bastards. Oh, yeah, you want more? Florida man admits he was drunk when he fell asleep. Drove off from deputies during a traffic shop. No shit. A man was taken to jail after admitting he was drunk when he fell asleep behind the wheel at a Marion County stoplight. Problem is, he was honest. That's why he was arrested. At around 6 a.m. Sunday, a deputy spotted class vehicle stopped at a green light near the intersection and doesn't matter where the deputy conducted a traffic stop to to assess the driver's well-being after the vehicle remained stopped throughout the full cycle of traffic lights it was then that class was found asleep behind the wheel the deputy tried to wake class several times which were unsuccessful at first he eventually woke up and appeared dazed would not respond to deputies as they commanded him to lower his window Class reportedly refused to roll his window down, ultimately drove off from deputies, running the red light. He was later stopped and taken into custody after deputies performed a pit maneuver. Class participated in field sobriety exercises where he provided breast samples of 0.193 and 0.2. Here's 13 comments. I'll read three. Doesn't sound like he drove off to flee deputies. Sounds like he was asleep and was woken up. He opened his eyes, saw the green light, realized he was driving off. He was drunk, but not fleeing. I moved to Florida two years ago. I learned that traffic signal lights mean red is stop, green is go, yellow flashing. Light go when you want to, and solid yellow means go as fast as you can. Is Emmanuel's middle name no? Emmanuel no class? <laughs> Guys, we got more here. Holy shit, look at this one. Another Florida. Florida man arrested for stealing ex-employee street sweeper to do a job with a competing company. This is national news. And we're not, again, what not, what isn't national news is one woman puts another woman in a cage and melts her skin off with water. But by God, all these are news. Florida man is now behind bars after he allegedly took a stolen street sweeper for a spin. According to the Marion County Sheriff's Office, Kevin Rodriguez, a pointe, was arrested last Thursday and charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle. A lawn care business owner told deputies his street sweeper was stolen from the shop that is operated out of the 1400 block of Eastern Northeastern Avenue, whatever. According to an affidavit, surveillance video from the business showed a pickup truck in the driveway and someone wearing a gray hoodie. Under an orange reflective vest walking around the street sweeper. The person seen touching the street sweeper before it was taken from the property. The business owner was a former, the business owner said Rodriguez was a former employee and he believes he may have taken the street sweeper. That's because only somebody who is trained would be able to operate the street sweeper. And he suspected that Rodriguez had taken the street sweeper to use at his own business. He separated from the business about six months ago after an argument about him wanting to start his own business and taking contracts with him. Rodriguez was reported, told 
in the past to not return to the business or use any equipment. Born on September 27th, he called to ask to use a street sweeper and was denied. And I guess he took it upon himself to do it. The comments say this. One of the missing Ball Brothers, kind of like in Happy Days, the oldest Cunningham only aired first episode. Fascinating. He had no choice but to borrow it like that. He asked and they said no, so he had to borrow it his way. He had a job to do. I can hear his defense lawyer now. Right now, I feel safe tonight knowing this mastermind is behind jail. I can now relax and park my street sweeper in my driveway again. Now our stories are going to get markedly darker and more horrible. How difficult. Let's see. Let's see what the chat room says. Hello, Susan A. Susan A is here. Lisa, Lady Lisa there. Our executive producer every. Oh, there's Cindy Herring. Okay. All right. Let me go behind here and bring Cindy. Oh, Cindy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Uh, you would know. I see you got the train going by. Would come. Let, me, <laughs> let me walk in for a moment. Uh, okay. I went outside. I went ahead and hit the button when you weren't expecting it. Yeah, I know, right? I know you no, weren't because I, I wasn't Because I had my little one of eight grandchildren here, and she was watching TV. So I thought, well, that would keep her occupied, but I didn't want y'all to hear TV. So I walked to the patio, and time I walked to the patio, the train's coming by. So you could go ahead and open your email. <laughs> It'll be the last two I just sent you. One is the one with the link. All right. With the Kappa Kappa Gamma house, and then underneath it, down there somewhere is the photo of the original house that was built and donated to the university or left to the university and a few other Whoa. pictures. And then the next one is just uh, All right. so what's more the f- of that information I told you with the articles and where they came from regarding tunnels. Right. And then that one, just one like cue card thing there. Um, Lincoln, some of that tunnel system possibly too out of her fork. So, Okay, so what's the Alright, so what's the first one I'm opening up? All that speculation What's the first one I'm opening? Cindy, can you hear me? Guys I had to pull those clips um, from Lana because I couldn't find where I originally saw them plus honestly some of her um some of her commentary is hilarious and was spot on with some of mine. I, I have some voiceover commentary on those as well. So I really won't have to talk much during that. Cindy, but the quality of those cops. Um, can you hear me? Cams. Are, the audio is horrible when they get inside that little house. Cindy, you turned your TV off, but you can't hear me. And you can skip through it or whatever you want to do. Is your show. Can you hear me? Uh, why can't you hear me? I can now. You can for some now. reason. You had it muted. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I asked you, what's the first one I need to bring up? Um, 
the last two you said I got, you bring up the second one that says part one. Okay, see it. I see it. Yeah. I, I don't see it. And you can, one. yeah, I pretty much put everything in the email as far as what it's about. I don't have a part one. I have part two, but I don't. I have part two. All right, I'm just going to pull up part two. If I reduce you, will I lose you? I don't think so. I don't have part two only. only, I don't have part one, only part two. Uh, I'm going to try reducing you and go back because email showed it sent, and I'll just hit it resend. Okay. Okay. All right, hot hams here, everybody. Uh, okay, I hit send again. Send, send. All right, here's my email. It's saying sending. Sending. I'm still not giving it to me. Mess- it says message sent. It says same. I still don't have it. There, I finally got it. Okay. So. Uh Oh, now Cindy's gone. Okay, let's see. I uh, wonder how long it's going to be till Cindy realizes she's gone. Um, brrr, let me bring up her email, which is really the only way I could show it. All right, here we go. Cindy's not here. All right, I'm just going to have her call me on the phone. Damn it. I need to take a nap. All right, let me look at this real quick. A portion of Taylor Avenue in Moscow closed for water main work June 27, 2022. A section of Taylor Avenue in South Moscow is closed for water main work. Okay. Tunnels beneath Kappa Sigma House at University of of Ohio. Aha, almost got me. 
of Ohio. Circa 1920, University Heights, Moscow, Idaho. This isn't so fun going over it by myself. How many of you guys think that there are underground steam tunnels underneath the university, underneath Linda Lane? Hello. Hi. Okay. I don't know. I guess I've lost to when I was rechecking because my email says sent. Um, could you hear me? It's, it's, um, it doesn't have part one in the subject. I'm sorry. It says Kappa Chamba Gabba. Yeah, it just oh, came, it came okay. in. I'm, we're looking at it now. Okay. Yeah, I've got, uh, the yeah, part, I got, you pulled up the iPad so I can just look. Yeah, portion of Taylor Avenue in Moscow closed for water main work June 2022. Yeah. And somehow, you know, they throw those pictures when you select them, they wind up going out of order, but since I was running really short on time and want to get to you, you kind of scroll up and down. <laughs> Tunnels beneath cap. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the link for that video is above the pictures. Well, it's a video. Okay. The top part is, yeah. Oh, I see it. Yeah. And like I said, the audio on those cops cam body cams are horrible especially when they get inside that big old house it's huge but now what are we showing by playing this huh what does this footage show it shows the underground tunnels or what well there was no they saw the guy in the house Mm -hmm. um nobody saw him leave and none of the outdoor cameras or indoor bell nothing picked him up anywhere entering or exiting Okay. Okay. So he's Casper, maybe. Also, um, so the inside, I can't believe, uh, inside of the sorority house, which was, this was that original house built, I told you about, in the 30s or whatever, this man left the university. Um, there's also just implications of other things in there. But it's kind of inside look at how these girls, because this was this August 26th. Okay. Um, how they, you know, but also the cops, uh, to me, they didn't open, they opened they, like little small cabinets and stuff that people couldn't fit in instead of like things that look like doors in the walls and stuff. It's just, it's instead just of like crazy. going to the basement and seeing if there's part of the underground tunnel. But, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they walk, they open the door to the basement. But, which is off the laundry, just kind of looked around, turned around, and came back out. And it was full of stuff. I mean, didn't look at anything in there. All right. Let's, uh, I'm not going to play the full 39 minutes, but we're going to skip around a little no. bit. No. Yeah. This is too. Okay, what is the scenario here? Somebody called the police. Uh, because- is, yeah, um, she tells that as soon as this guy goes in, I think she'll pause it and she'll tell why they went. But it was uh, because they had a call for um, 
um, unescorted male in the house. Mm. And then when the, when they got there and asked, nobody saw him leave, come or go. Um, then one girl said, well, it could have been so-and-so's boyfriend. He was there, but they called them. He didn't have on the same clothes. And then um, the house mother says the cameras picked up nothing. They, I mean, didn't show him entering or leaving, but he was seen in the house going down the stairs. Did he have bushy eyebrows? That's hot. I said that somewhere on this video. It's <laughs> oh. further into it. But, I mean, you can, this is the when the you know, first officers arrive, and so, um, that's like both of them. Cam will be showing up on there. She'll go through, they see one and then the other, but their, their sound is terrible. So this is the first entry. So this is a very interesting video of where they didn't find anything. Yeah, except for uh, what looks like a jail dormitory, messy and messy rooms. <laughs> this house, I can't believe it's huge. It's crazy. Attention Medicaid, SNAP, WIC enrollees, and veterans. I, I hate ads. I love them. Uh, hey, hot ham. There'll be one room you're going to be interested in, believe me. All right, look, y'all. Look at this. That must be where the underclassmen are. What a shithole. Yeah, this is what the not general cop, the nonviolent criminals in the county jail worked at. Uh-huh. That's what they did. That it was full of bunk beds like that, and they would hang sheets for privacy at night. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw that. But look how they're crammed in there. Now this is in the sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma. And we're all supposed to believe that the only reason anybody goes into a sorority is because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Atlanta had a, in there. There'll be some hilarious commentary. That's why I wanted hers, which I did give her credit to for the pieces that I clipped from it. But even the even the rooms without all the bunk beds. Look how nasty, filthy. <laughs> They're like, forget the guy. This place is creepy. Yeah, one one of the cops even said that's a fire hazard or something, a fire violation. Okay. I have to pause this. What is, what is this? <laughs> like, this is what y'all are paying all this money for? live like this in a house in a sorority house is what y'all are paying this type of money for 
what are these beds? Like, this, where's anybody's? Was and they, they have a good reason for doing it too, but unless you join the sorority, you're not going to know. Okay, so yep, I'm going to read something for you guys. I'm read. If you ever wonder, how did that person get that job? How do you get a job working in, uh, for the city just like doing the water billing and making 80000 a year? How do you do that, sorority? So a girl calls in. A girl calls in to the police. Um, and all members were outside waiting. Welcome to this edition of This Old Shithole with Gerald Schmimmons. Yeah, as huge as that house is, they cleared it in no time. With all that crap there, they didn't even move anything. Just look around. Hell, you could hide and seek in there and be, and be hidden for a week before somebody found you. Could, you could run, you could hide 15 naked men with bushy eyebrows in a place like this. Crazy. would pay money not to have to live there. There's a man yeah, in there. Yeah. The feeding room is nice. Everything else is... It, good Lord, what a mess. Yeah, there was one door they didn't check, and the guy said it was locked. Now, the next now, part let me interject right here. This is what a county jail open dorm. That's me. That's you, yeah. Nonviolent criminals. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Look in there again. A high dollar sorority house. People are paying God knows how much money. Send their kids. Look at this. This is in, I guess, the attic. The very. But it smells like feet. This sorority house. Why are people paying for this? To me, in a top floor area. I think she says this girl is a cadet. What? Are cops used to seeing? This that? Isn't, I'm telling you, there's no way this shit is normal. And if this is what y'all want to set up for sororities for, I can't even. Can you imagine, can you imagine the OnlyFans that takes place in these rooms? Look at this. All right, the blonde-haired chick, she'll say at the end, is this officer's wife. Why is she on, in a house? I mean, y'all, it makes no sense. 
It's going to go to the next cam. The, the wife is the, I don't know, the mother. Blonde, long, the long blonde hair. She worked there as a house mother. No, no. Lana, I'll tell you at the end who she is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got the second body cam, just different angles. On this one, her shirt says cadet. I know the other girl said cadet on the back of it. Dun 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 dun. Now he's looking in these tiny little cabinets. I was laughing. I guess he's something the little people. Well, I don't see any drugs in there. Oh, well, they didn't look very hard for really. me. <laughs> Pick a loon. I think Lana has a truck driving by. Yeah. Sounds like she's outside. I hear like the crickets. That could have been something with mine. Oh, maybe. Grabbing us, Nick. It did sound like Georgia crickets. Yeah. I think they're coming to a funny part here shortly. Yeah. Come out with your hands up. Yeah. And your pants up, too. The, the dude looks in the refrigerator. <laughs> You had to make it feel like they were doing something. It's kind of like getting your private x-rayed at the airport. Yeah, I mean... You'd hate to think that's for some... You'd hate to think that's just because some sicko wants to get his jollies. I mean, how thorough of a search to call that house cleared is this? There are... um, Dude's correct. There are, if, if you watch it slow, which I did before I did it, there are several rooms that have those little tiny doors. And there was one of those in that video you did um, that walked through that time. Uh-huh. And that bedroom on the bottom that Dylan supposedly stayed in was one of those little tiny midget doors. And there's several in this house that I saw, but they don't even, they bypass right by them. That's crazy. Then he just walks in the garage and flashes around and like turns one circle and comes out and this is full of stuff. I guess they would be freaked out if they think some oh, man just basement. came in there. I don't. Well, when it gets um, 
I think this is when they start to leave out of this mess again. Lana's got something really funny. Well, I say something and then she does. I think. No, seriously. Why are you not investing into? Government is giving out subsidies right now for sixteen hundred dollars. If you're a senior and you're not getting your subsidy. Yeah, this thing you can't afford to pay that fifteen a month. <laughs> if you're in this entertainment center, come out. I think he's got to pause it and go back in there. Yeah. Moscow Police. He rewound this to make some commentary, I think. Now, why is he that looking at those little guards? It's giving his signal. It's making his signal all fucked up. What's that door? Okay, I think it's right after it. It was right after that when they she ran it back because he was losing a signal and said something about that door. Walking up to um, the body camera. Um, Eight twenty-six again. This is on. Always cover those cameras sometimes. This is the house that I will show you a still picture of. This is the officer's wife, the blonde. Which one? Oh, to the left. Okay. I see. Yeah. Did he have bushy eyebrows? So right now, Jerry, they're just making, they're finding out who the chick was and make the call. 
identify what he's wearing. It's the last part when they start to leave that funny to me. About the one. I want to know who's being child smuggled in the basement with, you know, like the 50 bunk beds. Wait, is, does she yeah. live there? Did she walk around? Well, that's what I said. Look like trafficking to me. So she lives in there? Ashley is his wife. Hey, can you talk to this police officer and tell him about you and Zane being here together so we're not worried? Okay, here he is. Here's a couple guys off off the beat. Yeah. So you saw somebody uh, was here and I think we said that oh. Ashley is his wife. Ashley is a dispatcher. Oh well. Man. And so right at the end line of say, Well, I guess it's take your wife to to work night. <laughs> but think about that. I mean, why, if somebody were in there, why do you take a civilian? You don't normally. Not your wife. I mean, if it's a certified ride along or whatever, but your wife? So. I don't know. Idaho, their, their cop system's a lot different than it is down here, I tell you. Yeah, I've, my, my opinion of Idaho has completely changed. Oh, he just passed it. Go back down. Go back down. Go back down to the old picture of the house. I don't know. You got to scroll down a couple. What house I'm scroll looking down, at? Go down again. Go down one more. All right. This was the house, different view when it was originally built, the black and white in the 30s. And that was the tunnel he had built under it. You passed it. Well, I mean, there's, <laughs> a, there's the an eight second delay. Oh, okay. So you're going to have to be more specific of which one I should look at. Yeah, the black and white, then it has the top under it. Okay. And then you can scroll up, and it'll show uh, the color one of the Kappa Kappa Sigma. This is Kappa Kappa Sigma from the house at University of Ohio. Okay. That's Ohio there. Oh, okay. That one was. Well, Kappa Kappa Sigma. They're the same similar darn houses, it looks like. Yeah, probably. But there is a, it does show where he had the tunneling system under that house in Ohio. So this thing really is nationwide, according to like some of the things you'll see on in the next email, too. Because that's uh, just basically. So are we ready to go to the next one? All right. And this is just showing all the, between uh, Pullman and University of Idaho, they uh, got maps and all. This is showing where the, where the trunks and the drains and the entrances and all of that are. And there is one right there behind the King Road house and in the woods. 
right in between their house and Banfield, Linda Lane, where Banfield stop was when we saw those boys walking out of those woods. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I look at everything. Now, that's the whole map of the whole Thompson system. And then I have some photos down there of the house, the backside, which I think looks like a doorway down there. It's at an angle. They put new gravel and stuff in there. I made some notes on there. When Steve said they didn't have to go up the stairs, well, mm. if they entered through there and went up a little flight of stairs, I'd be in the kitchen on the level with Zana and Ethan. Yeah, if they just came in through the back door. <laughs> they would be too, yeah. I'm just saying because it just looks like, to me, it looks like there's a doorway down there at the end corner to, right there um the end of the house down here where they put that lake. I think they just left that ladder for distraction. So everybody's like, man, they just use that ladder. And then there's one other picture. I don't know if it's in this one or next one. I tried to put it in this one. Uh, actually, the wood area back there, and it you can see it looks like a concrete or brick type tunnel hidden up in there, which would be called, I think, a trunk for the steam system. So if they had problems, they could enter there. Because I think we mentioned one night when we were first looking at that house about all those wires on that one side, all the electrical wires. And yeah, all. they didn't run the wiring right. You're not supposed to. Uh -oh. Why do they have them run outside of the house in, in electrical pipes, in electrical conduit? It's like. Right. When it, they they should have done it in the wall. Exactly. It's just, it's just stuff to me. I mean, you know, right now everything is because they don't tell you a dang thing. They want to hide everything. We got some good old boys and we got some good old bad boys. I do believe that. Got a couch out there covered in snow. Mm. All right, see the arrow behind it? If you swell that up, right up through those trees is a little arched like Looks like a hole that you can walk into. Can't see it very well. Yeah, it's dark, but it's right up in the trees, and it's like an arched brick. Looks like it's got like either the cement-type bricks or old concrete or something. I just pay attention to other stuff instead of just the same, same old, same old. Yeah, they got a lot of extra power lines. Ran in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting information yeah. on who they say is a murderer since they have all that stuff, so everybody's examining the damn house like the house is yeah. one of the murderers. No. It is a weird-looking house, got so. Actually, I've got some information on that house, too, that I'll save for the next time. To me, when you 
zoom in, it just looks like there's an opening there. Yeah, and it's kinda. that high off the ground. They could have a basement, you know. Oh, yeah, I think there is a basement. And remember those crazy stairwells, just stairs. We commented on that one time in between the blue house where the um, panty girl lived. Yeah, we're on the panty girl you, clip. While they were interviewing her and you looked straight back, you could see uh, the murder house and there was just a set of concrete steps. Because I remember somebody commenting about, you know, why why are these concrete steps <laughs> there for nothing? Because it was before you get to the house. It was like in between. I kind of see something, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when he was, panty girl was, you know, like it was right over there. And then you could look back in, down that alleyway from the front of her house and see there's, there's some steps back there. And there's the shoe print I was talking about. Yeah. On the seat. I'm looking at the steam tunnel right now. You know what? <laughs> Y'all can really say I'm wild ass crazy with this. The picture of the uh, Pullman, uh, the steam tunnel there, uh-huh. that man looks like Ryan Koberger's daddy. <laughs> the the picture with the man standing <laughs> If oh. it's not this one, be, there's one that's got a man standing in it. And I was like, yeah. at first glance, like Brian's daddy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's see. Um, I think. All right, is, and then part two is, I think, this picture. I don't think there's a video I, on it. I think it. this is, a, there it is. There's Kohlberger. It does look like Kohlberger's daddy. It does. And you know he did maintenance. I forgot what he did. It's been, damn, it's been so long He's, now. He was, he was maintenance. Huh. So if Kohlberger ever went with his daddy, he would have knew, known about the steam tunnels. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Hmm. Yeah, just when I come across that picture, I was like, dang. Well, like Koberger's daddy in there on Pullman. And there are so, so many angles to this. This is just, just one. And this is one you wanted to do tonight, but. Yep. Yeah, I already finished just some info on some of the other stuff, and I'll get it all together, and we can do that another time. Because uh, it's really, it's like an octopus with all these legs stretching out. It just seems like somehow all linked to Moscow, Idaho. Here is Sigma Chi under construction. Yeah. yeah. And look at the angle it's built on. Now, you know that there's Sigma Chi. Is that the one where the police were just in there? That no. Sigma Chi is the guys. That's okay. where Ethan was a, that's yeah, right. that's on the other and side that's when it was being constructed. And look at the angle of that. On the side of a hill. Crazy. The side of a hill, mm-hmm. so the snow is not so Which bad. could very well hold a big basin. I'm sure it does. Now, whether they connect to a tunnel, but I bet you there's a big basin in there. 
the old Sigma Chi guys, I had a picture somewhere, if I didn't send it, of it was like back in the 50s, uh, Sigma Chi. Mm-hmm. And that's where they partied. They had like a bar and doll, dance hall and all in the basement. So what is this email? We have discussed, uh, dear afternoon, good afternoon, Kim. We have discussed this among ourselves and with the investigation leadership and have no objections to U of I proceeding as you outlined. As you know, the court has already released a scene from LA custody based on a stipulation of the parties. The scene has been substantially altered from its condition at the time of the homicides, including removal of relevant property furnishings, removal of some structural items, such as wallboard and flooring, and subjected to extensive chemical applications, creating a potential health hazard. There are some; These are some of the reasons that we have concluded that a jury view would not be appropriate. Let us know if you have any questions, and thank you for working with the families. Who the hell wrote this? Bill that was um Utah. yeah William Thompson yeah uh-huh. he how, Good old William yeah, so he did not want the jury tour like Murdoch he didn't and there's no legal basis on him having any authority to say the jury can't that's not where his legal jurisdiction lies so that's very no. telling that he can just you know slap his dong on the table and go over the judge and everything the judge said what or is he working with the judge? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of collusion. And, um, yeah, Hot Ham, I have a degree in criminal justice. Um, I studied everything from the history of the law right on up, community police and everything. But I went into the field of corrections. So I did. I worked in the in a large county jail. Okay. I was just answering. I, put, I saw that on there. Uh-huh. But, but, yeah, so this is William Thompson taking it upon himself but you know before they even had time the trial had not even started hadn't even they hadn't even had preliminary and but even before that was supposed to be scheduled and they were asked thinking about a walkthrough i mean right off the rip they done tore this out and that out and they've already removed it why was it not preserved that makes no sense it makes perfect sense because this is the way it's always been done everywhere according to them in idaho uh, everywhere in Idaho, maybe. This is not, not down here. This is normal for everybody. Are you going to believe your own experience or are you going to believe Idaho? Yeah, right. I believe nothing. These days, I believe nothing the government tells me and maybe 40% of what law enforcement tells me. I believe zero of anything I that have, comes out of Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're even starting to see some little corrupt when uh, cops are being pulled out right here in my county, and I'm very rural, but they've been involved in some shady business, too. But one thing about our sheriff, he's bringing them out. Uh, you know, he's not sitting there trying to cover butt. Now, county commissioners may do different. We got some on there that's shady, too. So it's everywhere. It's anywhere. I told you the other day, it's, you know, when it starts touching Southeast Georgia in a small small town, you know, it's pretty much everywhere. It's political. Is one of you these Bill? That? One of these is Bill Thompson. Uh, I don't know. There he goes. Yeah. That's the old old Sigma guy. That's the guys. 
fraternity yeah. underground. That was like back in the fifties. Oh, hot ham, I'm sorry. I'm trying to kind of read that and watch what Jerry's putting up so I can get talk about it. And peeking in on my little five-year-old granddaddy. Yeah, they got discovery of asbestos in lead now. It's a miracle. <laughs> This was a mining town, and with all that tunnel system, that there's going to be uh, iron or gold or whatever they found. There's going to be metals in there. I mean, God. What is this? And this is just this is, this is just this is yeah, different areas. This is they've been doing this huge. I'm telling you, they've been doing uh, international. I see a tag that says property of Bill Thompson on this meth. Uh huh. And you read the caption on it, drug. It was among the largest fentanyl busts in Idaho history, if not the largest, said Idaho's top federal prosecutor, Joshua Hurwitt. <clears throat> Arlington, I don't know where that is. I remember that. I was just pulling some semi-related things. And that's a blur to me, so I can't really read that. That? No, the one... Oh, I'm on delay. The one above the colorful one. Yeah, the one above the colorful one. Special report, U.S. government reveals transnational crime operations that may connect the locations and individuals involved in Idaho forest student murders. Areas linked encompass victims, surviving roommates, and suspects. Where did this come from? It's a screenshot from somewhere. Yeah, it came off of the one with the the, drunken turkey jerkies. No, um... It came off of the same one that I got all the uh, information on the North Carolina uh, college campus bus. It was called uh, College Collusion or something like that. And um, they did a big drug bust there in North Carolina. And the lead detective, (laughs) that's the one I told you, his last name was Murphy. Murphy's going to save this day. Murphy. Yeah. It's just funny. That's Kaylee's dog's name, Murphy. This is a smartwatch. 208 Utah Street, Strativa Incorporated. Hmm. Search warrant. That's an odd one. Uh, scroll on down and see who it was related to. Well, that one doesn't show who it's related to, I don't think. Steve but did that's say, that company. Steve did say an item was taken. Steve said an item was taken. Yep. On one of his, in, uh, one of his earlier, when mm-hmm. he was really spilling some beans. Mm-hmm. I think you got a video of it. He didn't up say too. what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
The property found and taken in the location within or with bond guilty persons are as follows. Description property, Kaylee and Salvez, and whatever it is, 4818. There's a lot they haven't told anybody. All right, and this one here is for um, Reddit for Kaylee. Her Reddit. So what is it on Reddit that they might have been interested in? She is a Redditor, apparently. Uh-huh. What was it a post to do with the other section that I'll be going we'll be going into? Um mm. maybe something that was posted on there, you know, and they since it was deleted, they still can get the you know, all that there stuff. So a... once it's on the web, it's on the web. Tell us so, what what's the connection for the black diamond? The black diamond is dealing with uh, the hex that Steve wears on his hat. And that's another whole episode. Y'all remember the interview? He, I'm telling you, Steve is brilliant. He is dropping clues left and right, and I'm picking up on them left and right. I go back and re-listen and re-listen the way he words things. Remember he had the interview with the hex hat on? Mm-hmm. Well, Hex was a Ponzi scheme cryptocurrency that was busted by the SEC. And guess who one of the uh, co-owners of, of that was? A guy, a guy named Flavio Gonzalez. Flavio. Yeah. Okay, so this was right here three weeks after murders. This is the cowboy guys. Right. Now, there's a reason I showed you that black diamond and the documents about possibly being a watch because from uh, that warrant. Okay. And this is short. All right. Five plain clothes investigators. We don't know if they're local, state, federal. They were inside, and we saw a lot of activity inside the home, and the home was lit up. So we saw those men inside the home in the two particular rooms uh, where the murders took place. We did not see them leaving with any materials. I asked them a couple of times, why are they back? They did not answer me. They pulled away. Why are you here tonight? They did not acknowledge me. So uh, certainly they were on a mission and they left without saying a word. Wait a minute. Wait for it. And I'm sorry, my quality isn't that good when I'm making these. Got something in his hand. Could it be a watch band? Something he took? Or a piece of something Mm. he left? Now look at his front pocket. The right pocket. That big bulge. He has a boner. He's not driving, therefore I wouldn't think he would have a big wad of keys. Maybe he's got a pistol in his pocket. Looks yeah, like maybe. his wallet and phone are in his back pocket. So what is this? He's just happy to see Brian Anton. Yeah, no, it did look right. like he had something. And it's kind of shaped like that diamond to me. Maybe, yeah. A watch. 
watches could be the missing item for Apple Watch, and uh, maybe she was hanging on to that black diamond for uh, so, cousin Flavio Gonzalez. <laughs> so tell everybody about the black diamond again and how that's related to Steve Gonzalez. Uh, the black diamond was purchased by the um, big man of Hex, who he's the only one that they caught. His last name was um, uh, Hart, I think. And that'll be, I've got all of that information, you know, for another one. But he was caught. But that company scammed thousands, millions of people. They had billions of dollars. And they said it was spent, that Hex Diamond was purchased through that company by one of, you know, by one of those people. So this hex diamond, this black diamond is related to the hex, the whole hex Ponzi scheme. And Steve's wearing a hex hat. And one of the people involved in the company just happens to have the same last name. All right. I'm so telling you, just branches everywhere. Huge diamond bought, bought illegally with crypto proceeds, SEC alleges. Regulator says Hex token founder, uh, Richard Hart, broke its rules. SEC sued Hart, Hex, Pulse Chain, and PulseX in federal court. And they're not going to let me read it unless I subscribe. No. Blue burner, you bastards. Kind of look like the same shape of the man's pocket. That's why I just, um, that's why I threw that in there. There's the To diamond. me, it did. Yeah. It's a 555.55 carat black diamond sold today for $3,161,000. Oh, I'm sorry. That was pounds or $4.3 million. The buyers opted to use cryptocurrency for the per- purchase. Mm-hmm. From Sotheby's. Yeah. Now, all of that. All of that will be in the in our next session. Um, I have the, you know, all about the company and who they were related to, et cetera. But just because that paperwork on Kaylee was for uh, the one place I forget the name, Spalazzo or whatever, they deal in like that electronics and you know. I, I, exercise type stuff they even they even have an app which might be why they wanted to watch um they have an app that can track your when you want to share so you travel um you can share the travel with people you can share your activities um like fitbits that it does all kind of stuff and that's why that company when i read that what they were about when i saw that warrant then I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, if it was her Apple Watch, it could be they were tracking some of her activity. But are these guys, are they legit or are they for the for that uh, company trying to retrieve back some goods? I mean, you know, it's things you just don't know. We don't know who they were. One of them looks familiar to me, but I'm not saying who I think it is yet. Till uh-huh. I can look a little closer and a little deeper. All right, so this is Flavio. Flavio. Gonzalez. Look him deep, mm-hmm. deep in the eyes. Look Steve deep in the eyes. 
They both have eyes. I don't know if they look related. I can't tell. Well, I mean, even if it's distant cousins, they're not distant cousins everywhere. It's just ironic that they got the same last name. I, while they while the court has just got us, um, you know, hanging around not knowing nothing, I'm going back listening to every word Steve has said. And um, hmm. this is interesting. Entrepreneur sold over one billion in unregistered crypto and stole twelve million from investors to fund a luxurious lifestyle. Richard Schleuer who goes by the name Richard Hart online is accused of selling over 1 billion unregistered crypto, which they didn't have to register until recently, by the way, is selling another 12 million. The SEC claims he was falsely inflating the value of hex tokens and transferred 217 million from his crypto trading platform. He would then use at least 12 million to buy a Ferrari, three different Rolexes, watches, even 55, 555 carat black diamond. Hmm. Okay, and then and let me just tell you why I was looking at Hex. Because in the interview when Steve was wearing that Hex with Banfield, when he was wearing uh, that Hex cap. Okay? Recently, too, yeah. Yeah, he was like that. Let's see. Steve, he says, um, it's the way he words, because I, I went back and I would listen and wrote down exactly what he said. And, um, so she was asking about, you know, because they were still, they had not arrested this, you know, was like, this interview was like eight months ago that I watched. And she was just talking about, you know, so they tell everybody it's okay, but that, you know, there was still a threat out there. So Steve says he knew there was a risk of somebody being out there. I took that very personal. All those other victims that were associated with my family that were being hurt um, uh, with with just media coverage. And then he pauses and he said, but these guys, there's no perfect way to do this. These officers, Pauls, they just did an amazing job. And I was hard on them. I owe them all. Um, all the gratitude in the world. I've always supported the police. And he said that I'm old school of thought. And that's just where I come from. It's like everybody can do their best and bring something to the table. Then he says, I won't, I won't back off of that stance. Then again, he says, these guys did an amazing job. They hit a home run. And then he said that affidavit is impressive, and I'm glad to be wrong. He said, I wanted to be wrong. I told them to their face, looked them in their eyes, and said, prove me wrong, and all is forgiven. All right? Watch the movie Forgiven. Um, and he said, "Here, so here we are. Then he said, and I'll say... That I'll say that on camera and tell everybody I was concerned that they were wrong, and but they were right. 
and I'm okay with that. But then he says, I have my person now. And he looked at Christy. He said, we have our person of interest, our defendant, and was and we'll go after him. He better be ready. Okay. The wording of that, those guys, he he may not be particularly just talking about certain police officers. Maybe, a, you know what I'm saying? The way he says these guys or whatever. And I also think he's talking about the procedure taking so long about him being wrong. He knows some things we don't know. He's got a lot of insight, and I, I really feel like there was maybe some special thing going on um, That because the way he talks about I was wrong, you know, and it, you know, the way they had to go about it, and they hit a home run. I'm still trying to link home run. He's very cryptic. There, you know, another, another video he has on a, a cat, uh, the equipment company, sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they do a lot of digging and demolition and all that kind of stuff. So I had, other than I know that's that cat emblem, I do know that emblem because we, we got people around here, big, big time farmers that use those. They do excavations and everything with cats. So I haven't looked a lot into that, but every, it seems like every one of these, he, he's given cryptic messages and the best one will be when we do the one on Fox 3. That he did. Um, oh man, he dropped a lot of, uh, to me, what is clues on there. If you really just listen, you know, to the way he words something, he's saying things without saying it because of these gag orders and everything else. So, why do you think the black diamond would have been in that house in Idaho? Mm, if it's got, because I think that this whole thing, situation is related to. Uh, a lot of un- underground doings, a lot of drugs, uh, a lot of uh, jewels, a lot of drugs. Uh, oh, and, and one thing, too, there's a piece of paper from years ago that called um, that particular house the gym, G-E-M. So I don't know if some of these girls were working with a group or for somebody you know, helping transport, helping distribute, whatever, whether it be drugs or whatever. But I do think all of this is related to a, this is a whole larger picture than just Brian Kohlberger decided he's going to go in a house and kill four people. It's more than that. I'm not saying he's not in on it, but it's bigger than I that. I do want to ask you, Steve. You ready to watch the Steve video? Sure. All right, here we go. This, this is real cool. Yeah, this one. I do want to ask you, Steve, about some of the information in the, in the affidavit. It seemed as though the police had their eyes on this suspect within two weeks of the crimes being committed. And yet for four more weeks, um, he was. What kind of signals is Ashley Banfield sending out? In Moscow, he was in Pullman. He was crossing Ashley the country. Trip, well, and I wanted to get your thoughts just on the notion. The narrative is, I think. Uh-huh. And that there were so many other people, classmates, um, neighbors, both in Washington and in Pennsylvania, who may have been at risk because they were so close to him before he was actually brought in in cuffs. What were your thoughts about that? I think we all kind of shared that as a community, that there was a risk of somebody being out there. And I took that very uh, personal because I just 
I had so much weight on top of me and I knew all these other victims that were associated with my family were being hurt with just overall media and coverage. But these guys, there's no perfect way to do this. And these officers just, they just did an amazing job. And I was hard on them and I'll come out and say that I owe them all the gratitude in the world and I've always supported the police. But uh, it's the school of thought that I come from, like everybody can do their best and they need to come to the every day trying to be the best person that they can possibly be. So I won't back off of that, but these guys did an amazing job. They need more credit than they had. I mean, people think Idaho is so old, you know, old fashioned and out back, but these guys, they hit a home run, man. That affidavit is impressive. And I'm glad to be wrong. He sounds convinced. I wanted to be wrong. And I told them to their face. I looked them in their eyes and said, prove me wrong. And all is forgiven. And here we are. And all is forgiven. And I'll say that on camera. And I'll tell everybody. Huh? He keeps saying that forgiven. And there's a movie that's so similar to to what some of this stuff called the forgiven. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go, (laughs) go ahead. You know, I was concerned, but I was wrong. They were right. And I'm okay with that. I have my person now. We have our person of interest, uh-huh. our defendant. And we will go after him, and he better be ready. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Ashley. All right, moving along. Yeah, so. Okay, let's see what else we got. Um, okay, here we go. We got one left. That's it. Okay. Ah, here we go. And you talked about this too, so we have to go over it. This is a cryptic one for sure. I'm also attaching a photo. I'll make points on this as we watch. Steve is wearing a cat sweatshirt. So this is part about cat, C-A-T. Cat financial rebuilds and upgrades maintenance and repairs. Attachments make your cat machine more versatile. A cat attachment lets you tackle new tasks with your cat equipment. Explore a variety of practical machine attachments so you can get the most from your machine. Oh, and the, here it is. And they have the they have. Good evening, American. Welcome to the special edition of Cross Country in Moscow, Idaho. I haven't heard this, seen this guy after this report, actually. Tonight, we are in front of the Moscow Police Department, and you may be asking why. It's been about three weeks since the horrific stabbing death of four college students at the University of Idaho. Three weeks since we lost Zaina, Maddie, Kaylee, and Ethan. Three weeks, and still the police have no suspect or person of interest. The community has been left in limbo, left with more confusion and more questions. We are on the hunt for answers for them. Moscow deserves answers. The students of the university deserve answers. These four young innocent victims deserve answers, and so do their families. So let's start there. Joining me now on set, the parents of Kaylee Gonzalez, Christy and Steve Gonzalez. Thank you all so much for being with me. Um, You guys have been so transparent and strong for the public. Christy, you called the person that did this the boogeyman. Yeah. What did you mean by that? It's literally what, that like what nightmares are. The hell do you think, Num Nuts? What kind of question is that? 
Seriously. Watch the movie Boogeyman. He would know. Yeah, that was a crappy movie. I saw it a week ago. Could have been better. Uh-huh. Made of, like when you're a little kid and you think of the Boogeyman, that's just how I feel. Like, that's just the horrific details of everything. Them just having a good time going home and going to bed and this happening to them. Your best friend crawling into bed. Just crawling every, in bed. Every girl and the in America comes. knows what that's like. The Boogeyman doesn't, you know, meet, meet you at McDonald's. I mean... The boogeyman comes and snatches you out of your bedroom. Steve, um, we've been talking. I've been talking to folks in the community. You said something that stuck with me. You said, until this person is caught, you can't sleep in your bed. No. I can't just lay in my bed and do nothing. That's not the way I raised my family. That's not the way I raised my girls and my son. You, you don't be a victim. You stand up for yourself and you do everything everything in your power to make sure people hear you and i'm gonna they're gonna hear kaylee they're gonna hear maddie they're gonna hear these these the other two as well yes i'm careful saying anything about them because i need to be careful because i can't speak on somebody else's child but these two girls are not trying to be a glory hound but these two girls i'm gonna do what i can do and we're not being victims we're gonna fight we're gonna figure out how to make sure that we hold everybody you know, accountable, and we keep eyes and intention on this and, and get this thing resolved. Steve, you have made it very clear to our audience that you are supportive of law enforcement. You support the investigation. But recently, I've been watching and talking with you, and you're getting frustrated. What does that frustration come from, sir? They put certain people between you and the officers that are making things happen, and those people are like lawyers and they don't want to say anything and they don't they don't have the guts to come up and be alpha and be like leaders and say, hey, we might say something that's wrong. We're going to take that hit. So the officers, they look me alpha straight in their happened. eyes. The lead de- detective looked me in yeah. his eyes. He, I, get, I have no doubt he's working as hard as he can. But somebody isn't communicating. There's nothing being released. It seems like they're, they're trying to suppress the story. They, we want to put rewards out there. Like, don't do that. Yeah, I get it. Your town doesn't want to have reward posters posted all over when you come and you do your rush. You're not going to get a lot of students if they see those things. But this community is not going to heal until this guy's pulled off the streets. It ain't going to happen. Think it through. It's not going to happen. He has to be off the streets. We all are working for the same thing. So this one is before they caught Brian, and the other one where he was apologizing was after. When was the last time yeah. right. um, y'all heard from yeah. the police? Thursday. Thursday, we looked at our phone records. We want to be accurate. We don't want to sell anyone out. About 3 o'clock on Thursday. And, and did y'all get an update from the police about the investigation? There was nothing. We have no updates for there you. There was no update. They the needed attack. me to sign a waiver form so that they could investigate something. Some mail. That was mail-related. So M A I L M A I L Yeah, well of our law support. The FBI, everybody that's here. we just have no information as family and it gets um tough day after day after day. I mean every day you just wake up and think today's the day. We're gonna hear something and you see these oh there's a break in the case and it'll just be something stupid. The sixth person in the on the lease that was never there. Stop playing games. This is serious. These are people's lives, and this is the future of this community. There's going to be 10,000, 15,000 kids that come into this community. I think that was one of Lana's videos, actually. Yeah. Next year, or they don't. 
talking about the sixth person on the lease. So I'm serious. I, I had the right. opportunity to speak to I remember to some of my sources yeah. and I've been told that there were differences in the way that the victims were killed. Some were more severe than the other. This week we heard the target attack walk back and then reverse her back to it being a target attack. What can you tell us about the targeted attack? Um, They have told us that it was targeted, but they told us they can't tell who. We asked specifically, and they said, we'll try to get that information to you. And they got back to us a day or so later, and they said, we're sorry, we can't give you that information. But then a day later, we saw in the news that it was not targeted, or they think the whole house was targeted. But I'll cut to the chase. Yeah. Their means of death don't match. Maddie's they don't. and Kaylee's cause of death it does not match based on the autopsy report. They don't match. Would would indicate that one of them He doesn't have to go up the steps. Let's stop playing games, guys. I need somebody to step up and be an alpha. Be somebody to be a leader. Don't make me do it. I don't want to do it. He doesn't have to go up the steps. Their their, their points of damage don't match. I'm just going to say it. It wasn't linked to me. I earned that. I paid for that funeral. I paid for that. It's my right. You ain't taking that from me. Calm down. If you don't want to say nothing, that's your bet. But don't say I'm leaking anything. I paid that bill. Sent my daughter to college to get an education. She came back in the box, and I can speak on that. I was also told from sources that are closer to an investigation because there was a lot of roommates in there. And this was horrific for those roommates that were there as well. Yeah. Absolutely. The, pres- the preservation of this crime scene. So you you are pointing out that he was saying points, the points. Yeah, listen to. I want the, you to hear how this uh, in, uh, uh, news guy were. Yeah, uh, that point was. Yeah, what he what Steve said about that. He said the point of damage don't match. Right. And the means of death don't match. So that's not exactly the way the news was saying it. But uh, this part right here, the news anchor, when he's talking about the, you know, it not being preserved, listen how he he, he slips on this because he, he'll say something kind of pause and kind of correct himself. It's, it's, it's very shortly after he starts talking right here. Right. Witnesses tell me that it may have well been preserved because the phone was passed around between one of the fraternity members and the girls. One of them, unfortunately, witnessed the death. The body witnessed there. the death? Can you confirm that? Oh, we cannot, actually. We know nothing about that whole phone call we've asked. And, and it's, I mean, I know that a lot of people want to know, but that's just not our agenda. We just are like, somebody called 911. Somebody was reported unconscious. We don't really know. I mean, we've heard so many different things, and nothing has been clarified or or been told to us at all. And and I mean, I don't know if I personally have asked yeah. anything about that. I don't know if you have asked that, but um, we know that this is getting three weeks in, and it's starting to get. We don't want it to go cold. Um, we're we're reaching out. I've reached out to uh, friends down in California today. 
that have uh, connections that we're hoping to get raise some money to get a reward to get a private investigator. Um, third party. Third party. Why why go the private route? Do y'all worry that at the end of this week? that this case may be cold. We're, we're scared. When you we're tell scared. me you don't want a, 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 a photo up there with a reward offering information, that kind of sounds like you're trying to, like, suppress the story. I mean, why do you not need help? But, hey, I could be Big wrong. You officers, I apologize if I'm wrong. Yeah, I want Please forgive me. Please forgive me. But if, but if you don't have the information, people do know if they don't, then... You know, we, the community, this is a community that is IT-based. These guys live a digital footprint like we've never. All of us older people, we don't know how much that digital footprint could be helpful. So that's what we ask for. I hope like a DNA, uh, a family lineage, if they could come out here and just start taking. This town is not that big. We could figure out this. And it might not be him. It might be a family member. We have family all going DNA to school. DNA and together. a family lineage, you know, and that's what they wound up doing for COBRA. We could find this guy those, just uh, with volunteers. Lineage, lineage companies were, are, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. Idaho on the map. Christy, Steve, uh, we're going to stay on this case. Thank you. We're not Thank going you. anywhere. Thank you. You guys have been candid with us. We'll keep at asking questions. Um, any resource that we have available, our audience is praying for you guys. Thank you. Thank y'all. It was big for you guys to come back to Moscow yeah. tonight. I know it took a lot of courage it to do it. And I'm hoping we can get some answers for you. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. All right. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. It's just the difference in the words he uses. But right there really got me at the end because... When, I, when we watched this, it was before he was even arrested. So we knew nothing about a knife sheath, nothing about, you know, a piece of DNA on, on the button, da-da-da-da, and then how they linked it with that, the lineage thing. The dad, you know, they did do that. Um, been, they dug through trash. But it's funny to go back and watch this, and this was way before they had even arrested him. And what is Steve saying? They could do DNA and use a family lineage. So a cop, that's like that's way before they even arrested Cobra, and then that's kind of what they wound up doing. <laughs> so now I just go back and listen to all these. Sounds like somebody brought that idea up to him. Uh huh. Somebody knows more than what he can say. That's all. Uh, that's what I really think. I think this man right here knows a lot, and in my honest opinion, I'm not so sure he is not. Uh, maybe some kind of a well-trained uh, person himself. I don't want to say a whole lot yet because I'm still digging. A lot of his stuff has been erased. I don't understand why his would be. His Facebook is closed. His LinkedIn is closed. Um. Because I used to go, I could go to his page because they called him Gonzo. And I could go to his page and look at things. All that, all that, you can't see nothing. Since, how, they, since the arrest, it's all closed. How old is he? Steve? Yeah. Uh, I think he's at, what, maybe early 50s. Okay. All right. Because they got those five kids, and if the kids are, you know, a couple of them, like 20, 20, to 21, 19, whatever. They're all teenagers after that. 
So I would say at least late 40s, early 50s. Well, but that, then, you know, we got a lot of other family history stuff with criminal junk. But I want to talk to you about another time. Well, thank you for calling in and talking with me tonight. Yeah, I mainly wanted to look at the, because we had been talking about, you know, the tunnels that were existing and all. And uh, then when I saw that video of that house, and my gosh, it did look like that, that, that upper room did look like some sort of trafficking thing or something. And they didn't, they don't even clear it. They, they open the tiny cabinets and the police there just, I don't know, they bought stuff up. These, these, calls they go on they just botch them i don't that's not a thorough search of that house but um so i just kind of wanted to throw all that together since i I knew that you know that house had been built because that house has been there since the 30s most all of those older big houses like that were and then when you saw the sigma car where it was being built you know it was so I just want to kind of throw in those links and everybody think what they want to think or do their own homework or whatever. I just pick up different connections, all these legs of an octopus. Maybe it's the cracking. I don't know. I feel like you're holding back on us. There's a lot that you're not telling us. And then we're probably going to hit, see it everywhere on YouTube hit around Tuesday. And we're going to be behind again. I think Steve is special ops. I think Kopaka uh, was special ops. I think Brian Koberger did get that job. I've seen an email that was going to be in the next batch of things um, where somebody requested information on him uh, on the graduate program where he had to do an internship and she said they by, by federal law they could not release any of that kind of information whether he did or not so that that leaves that question along with the email to the chief there in Pullman where they did do an interview um, but I, I think I really think this is a big big sting and I think it's going to open up just like it did North Carolina. There's a lot of going to be a lot of corrupt, corrupt big people and fraternity and sorority mess going on, as long, uh, along with drugs and and the trafficking, all of that. I think it's I think it's part of that international thing they've been doing. Unfortunately, there's casualties in war. That's a phrase I've heard over and over many times in my life. Do you think this? You think this has something to do with crypto? Huh? Do you think uh, the war or the battles? Do you think it has anything to do with crypto? Oh, yeah, crypto is part of, you know, all these people pushing crypto. I'm not sinking my money in that mess because crypto is the way to spend money. It's a money laundering operation is what it is. Crypto doesn't really leave digital footprints like when you pay somebody by Mm -hmm, your mm -hmm, debit card or whatever. Crypto leaves a giant footprint. Everything about crypto, you have to have it in a wallet. And it 
shows that you right. have. And but when you buy some, it shows it. They're lying to everybody and they're acting like crypto. You can do illicit things with crypto, but you can't without getting caught. See, it's right what, there. They're so what, stupid. But that's what Hex did. That's how they got their money. They linked themselves to Bitcoin and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. It was illegal. And, and when the SEC found, by the time they found out about it, people that bought, you know, all these investors lost billions of dollars. But they were using it for money, money laundering as well. Money laundering operations international. You yeah. know, with foreign countries. That's why I it's, think it's that guys, crypto is crypto is so fake for uh, ignorant criminals. Just, I'm just going to put this out here. Maybe some of you can protect yourself. <laughs> it's a big like. Yeah. Let me sell you. I don't know. Now you just got. I'm sure there are some good crypto places, but I would uh, really, and you no. know, Bitcoin I, and crypto uh, aren't the same things. Um, so, for yeah. example. Crypto, there's no. Other than. Well, the SEC said it wasn't even legal, the other, business they had. Other than the value of it, uh, it, it, it is not. Every second of Bitcoin is traced. All right. It's not, nothing of it is protect your identity or who you are that you bought or sold something. It doesn't. It gives it out. They lie to people to make you think it's safe. And also, the dark web is run by the CIA and was invented by the CIA just so they could tell you it's not so your dumbasses can go in there and do illegal things and get caught. It's the same thing with crypto. It's not real. And these Bitcoin crypto aren't the same thing. Crypto are derivatives of the main Bitcoins. And um, yeah. Bitcoin is not the same and as crypto. People. There's not one legal crypto, and they're all going down. They're all getting murdered weekly. And, it, and it's being used highly by cartels um, and for illegal activities as well. So, yeah, I mean, with all that coming out, with Steve wearing that hat says Hex, with me knowing what I know about Hex, there's a link. There is a link to why he wore that hat. There's a link to why why he wears what he wears. And there's another interview I hadn't um, gotten that one yet. Um, Stupid drinks coming, and we'll end this. But he has on a black, it looks just like the jacket's undercover wear. Got one of these thick chains like around his neck, but it's tucked down in his shirt. The black shirt comes up to his neck. I'll I'll send that to you. Kind of like you know hiding hiding the bags or something. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're about to see. I don't know. I don't know how they can hide uh, to where crypto is going to. I saw something interesting day when I was at the store picking up my Fruit Loops beverage. Uh, I saw that they had the Coin Star to where you can have your money. You can throw your money in there and have it transferred to crypto. Yeah, no. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. Some people just don't wake up in the morning and clear their throat without coming up with a few ways to fleece everybody, you know it? Yeah, and and that's, um, like I said, it, it's just this is a big international problem, and so many people have invested in that and gotten scammed or whatever, and 
lost millions of dollars and then it just to me was kind of coincidental when he wore that hex and then one of the dude's names same name as his <laughs> uh, yeah, last name that kind of just drew my attention a little bit but you know I'm just out there still out there just looking that's what I do I just look I pull in every tentacle of that of the crack and I call it that has all those new legs there's also and, a lot of um, a lot of high tech CEOs being murdered, also. So that's interesting. Mhm. Mhm. Sure is. And uh, it's all a coincidence. I got sure. some. Mint. I got some info too that I, I'm going to send you on um, the university. The guy that's of the university, uh, Captain Lanier. Mm-hmm. Um, him and another big chief that was on an operation that wound up getting, he broke uh, somebody's neck, an officer's neck during training or something, and nothing was even done about it. And another city that's kind of sort of linked to this hiring. So <laughs> I just got to get it all together. But you got, like I said, anywhere, too. I'm not saying all cops, but we know there's bad cops, there's good cops. There's bad feds. There's good feds. I don't know if there's very much good FBI <laughs> or CIA. I'm honest. I'll say that. They know everything about me. They, you know, they listen in on what you're saying anyway. So they know how I feel about government and three three letter agencies. Yeah, I got I got four but, letters um, for a three letter agency. Mm-hmm. Me too. Exactly. But um, I, I do think it all, I, I I think this case, it's been such a high profile and it's been delayed so much. And they supposedly, you know, all this thousand, thousands, whatever, during information they're supposed to have or whatever. And um, they didn't give some things to... This is a, defense says they didn't. I almost feel like that they're both working together. That in turn makes me turn around and think: Is this? Is this? Was it an undercover thing? And they can't. I mean, they're having to play by some rules. I don't know. That's just my feeling. And if y'all see it on the news before you hear back from me, then you can say that chick wasn't too stupid. But investigations was my favorite course. <laughs> You can tell, I guess. Man. Anyway. Well, let me go ahead. Before we, before we stop here, I want to remind everybody that Saturday night at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, that's my time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have the Gen X radio show on our uh, website, midnightrad.io, on our radio station, on iHeartRadio, and tune in. You guys are going to want to check that out. I don't know what story he's bringing tomorrow. I'll find out tomorrow morning. Um, maybe, maybe it's about possibly about the fall of Bitcoin. I don't know, but it's always creepy anyway. If you guys haven't yet, check out my Twitter uh, X, whatever you want to call this, Midnight rad underscore io and if you join that whenever i go live it's on there streaming live except for tonight if it's members only but also 
I'll let you know when all the different radio shows are coming on there fresh. And we have new ones just about every night. So you guys want to check that out at uh, Twitter? Check that out. All right. Thank you very much, Cindy. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week. Guys, I'm going to have a bunch of new videos coming up this week for you guys. I got a lot of new stuff for members. So if you're not a member and you're listening to this on Spotify, then go ahead and grab yourself a membership. Uh, it's time to renew. There's a lot of you that haven't renewed. We lost about 50% of our memberships this month, which, you know, it's never happened like that before. I don't know if it's because I was out for a little while or because I played a few video games on here and scared people thinking I was going to go off true crime. And the reason why I was going to save it to the end of the show to tell you why I did that, because I was just testing out some audio equipment for our DJs. And uh, that's the way I did it is I did a live uh, remote from a different room using different equipment. It worked fantastically. So, all right. Thank you, Cindy. Well, thanks. Thank you, Jerry. Talk to you next week. Good night. Thank you. (laughs) Good night. That was Cindy Herring, everybody. I'm going to get a link to her YouTube and put it up there as soon as I can. Julie, you finally get used to your new equipment. Do you like the sound of your show now? Does it sound different to you? Oh, God. Everybody, I want to remind you of this, you guys. So let's say you miss your show. You miss a show a radio show you just can't like susan she's got a lot of stuff going on she's got to alphabetize her cold cuts she's got to see if her plums have been bruised from the delivery person and she misses the show you can go on midnightrad.io go to our website go on the dj page and you can listen to the last show they did on their dj page just hit play and you can listen to it again the very last one that they did so you don't miss anything it's right there and guys, I know I'm only talking to the members here, but if you've ever considered being a DJ, now is the perfect time. Why? Because we're entering the cold months. This is a really good time for Midnight Radio. People like their stories a little bit darker, a little bit crazier, a little bit off the beaten path as things get cold outside. And you're not spending as much time out there as you normally would. I'm talking to Dealey Pickle. She, she'll be on the replay crew. And she's not going to be mowing her yards. Riding in a riding lawnmower. Hope she stays off the airport, and that's a horrible story. But now's the time. If you ever thought about being a DJ, let me know. Go to my email, midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com or our website, midnightrad.io, and there's a, a page about it where you can pump can become a pumpkin can become a dj and we'll show you how to write stories how to deliver those how to speak effectively how to put together a radio show if you really want to do it the qualification is you really have to want to do it Dealey has a new granddaughter and she hasn't told me holy smokes Dealey. You know, with one of these life events happens, you've got to let your personal DJ know. You've got to let, what am I, your YouTuber know about these things so I can tell everybody. Come on, Dealey. I would have sent him a baby hat. Come on now. I I got Midnight Radio Beanie Baby Hats. Check out our merch store. Come on, Dealey.
I haven't even seen any pictures of it. So disappointed. I guess you guys have like Facebook and things. I don't have the Facebooks. I don't have the Facebooks or the discords anymore. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you very much. Again, I got a lot of videos coming up this week. You're going to want to check that out. Electra, I'll tell you this, Electra, uh, Electra Lady Land, her show is going to be on Sunday at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time to 10. She's also on Thursday now from 8 to 10. So you can check her out twice a week. It's not the same show. They're both brand new and fresh. Thank you all. Until next time, good night. God bless. Try to stay informed and all my best.